This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. It's the Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. And unfortunately, we have to talk about the New York Giants. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's been, been a time up in the Meadowlands this year. Uh, it's the Commander's head that way. Now, of course, it's division game. Logan, throw out the records. We know that Daniel Jones, if he plays, and he was back in practice on a limited basis on Wednesday, uh, has been an absolute commander's killer. We know that MetLife Stadium has been an absolute house of horrors for Washington. Um, so let's actually kind of start there real quick. Bigger picture, not even the Giants. This is really just me pushing off having to talk about the Giants. Uh, but <laughs> divisional games, you know, to throw out the records, but you played in them. Like, is it familiarity? Is it like a different emotional state? Like, what is it about divisional games that it doesn't seem to matter where the two teams are in their season? I think it's a little bit of everything. I think you get a really good feel for what your opponent's doing, like, um, like physically, like, you know, like what are the things, what are the, the, the points of contention or nervousness going into a game is like, what does this guy do physically? How does he move? Obviously you can study film, but there's a different opportunity to kind of run around on a guy and, um, you know, put your hands on somebody and kind of know what they like to do to shed and kind of get a feel for it. And so as you get to know them better and they get to know you, you kind of start playing that advanced like chess metric. And I think the familiarity ble- breeds like a faster game quality because like I know exactly what this defense is. I know exactly how they're going to play this run. We ran it against them, you know, six weeks ago. Let's see it again. And we ran it against them last year twice. You know what I'm saying? So you get a really good feel for that. And obviously, like, the fans in the stadium are, are just a little bit more up. And so I definitely think the the divisional thing is is real. And you talk about it differently. You talk about divisional games in the week in a different way. So it's definitely something that's 100% real. And, you know, in the context of the Giants, like, for whatever reason, they just have a good feel for this team. They have a good op- good feel, good opportunity. Like, um, you know, in our uh, take fives, we talked about some giant stories. Like, I had, I felt like during early, early in my playing career, I had a really good feel for what the Giants were doing. Like, I don't know what it was. I just when I went in that game, I just felt like I knew them really well. 
And sometimes when the Giants play the Commanders, it's like you just they just have a good knack and feel for kind of the holes and the wrinkles in the defense and ways to scheme stuff open. So I think divisional games are so fun. They're so fun to watch. They're so fun to play in. Um, and I think they're fun to talk about because, like you said, even in this game where you know we're going to talk about the Giants here in a second, the Giants aren't a very good football team at the moment. Like I don't know, and and like Tana Santana Moss is the like this is his one of my favorite things he does. He's very consistent with his points of analysis, and anytime we're playing a divisional game, he's like, you you like you can't you can't count the other team out, and I think that's a hundred percent accurate. And so whatever the record is, however bad the Giants have played, like this team, the Commanders need to come and like put their best foot forward and just say like we are the better football team, we're the better roster, and play like it. And I think ultimately that's what this game comes down to. Yeah, it's also styles make fight. Uh, styles makes fights. Styles make fights. Whatever, yeah. whatever that saying is in the proper conjugation of those words. Uh, <laughs> that thing that happens that has me scared uh, if, to the extent that I'm scared of this Giants team this week. Defensively for them, Wink Martindale is the most aggressive defensive coordinator probably in the entire league. Um, certainly one of uh, with his blitzing nature. Uh, just. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of pressure. And we know that Sam and this offensive line, like the offensive line, as we've said a million times, is playing way better than uh, the numbers, so to quote unquote say. And a lot of fans think um, there's a great clip that's kind of going around Twitter yesterday where, you know, someone was like, how can people say the analysts say that the offensive line is playing well? And the clip was one of the sacks where Sam ran right into a sack. Cornelius <laughs> Lucas like pushed the guy, uh, the, the end 15 yards upfield. Sam runs back into a sack and it's like, because that's on the quarterback. <laughs> um, but the one area where the O-line, and this is in conjunction with Sam as a young quarterback, has struggled a bit is blitz pickup. And it's been free runners and things like that, yeah. um, which, again, isn't always necessarily on the offensive line. It has to do with protection calls, and that's between Nick, uh, Nick Gates and Sam. And then how do you actually pick it up and just be a football player and find that free runner and try to, try to hit him? Um, so th there's all those kinds of things that are going to be way more in the spotlight this week, um, you know, the Giants offense is bad. We'll get there. But this Giants defense is starting to play better. Um, some of their rookie corners are, are playing really well. Your guy, yep. Deontay Banks, who you loved in the draft, has is, is been exceptional so far this season. Yep. So what challenges uh, does this Giants defense face for uh, a commander's offense that continues to be a mixed bag this year? Yeah, well, I think it starts like with the pressure, you know, the, the pressure that they're going to bring. I think he pressures about 40% of the time. Only the Minnesota Vikings pressure more. Um, and I think I was a little surprised because in the Bills game, he brought the pressure way back. It was like 20% and they were all like simulated pressures, meaning he's not actually bringing extra rushers he's bringing four it's just a different pattern of four which you know again this team has had a hard time with but it looked like he kind of was saying and it's probably because of the josh allen thing we're going to be a little bit less aggressive with the pressure but in terms of you know his philosophy and something that wink martindale is always talking about he's like i develop my defensive game plan each week based off the offense's protection principles and if i'm watching the commanders i'm saying you know this is an interesting statistic. Like they have the the highest rate of unblocked pressure in the NFL, but they're also like 30th in sacks. So they're not like getting home with that pressure, but against this team, against Sam Howell, if I'm him, I'm saying if I can give a, a muddy picture in the back end, you know, maybe again, simulated pressure, zone droppers, different rotations, different coverage shells, and apply pressure and get some of these free rushers the way Sam Howell holds the football, 
all those pressures, a lot of those pressures are going to turn into sacks. And as we've talked about before, like sacks kill drives, you know, it just puts you in in a situation where you can't be successful offensively. You're behind the sticks and it's hard to execute in those situations. So that's what I would say. I would say that if I'm wink, I'm thinking very long and hard about the best ways to bring pressure EB obviously likes to spread you out to help you identify the pressure, but I think Wink does a good job of developing pressure packages that stress protection rules. And I think ultimately with a young quarterback, that's going to be really challenging. So in conjunction with all, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say then, oh, it just, then you have to get to like game plan, plan, game plan questions. So go ahead and finish your thought and then we'll yeah. get into that. So, and I also think on that side of the ball, and you alluded to this a little bit already, they have good personnel like Dexter Lawrence is is maybe the best defensive player in the division and I'm not I know that comes like with a lot of really good football players Duran John um you know Jalen Michael Parsons might want to have a word but yeah but like he's in that kind of conversation like there's just guys who are just physically dominant and in the same I think the Michael Parsons comparison is very apt like a guy that he's out there and he's going to win his one-on-one and so you have to kind of cultivate a protection plan for a true nose, which is silly. Like I went, I went and watched all their protect their their pressures, and he probably accounts for fifty percent of them. And it's him using good pass rush technique, but he's also just a big, strong dude who's like lifting offensive linemen, grown men, into the quarterback's lap on three step drops and running uh, line stunts. Him and uh, Williams, I forget Williams' first name, number nine, uh, Leonard. Yeah, Leonard. And that's a very dynamic group inside. So that's something that, again, you got to take care of. I think Nick Gates is going to have a big day because he does play a true nose. He's directly over the center. So it's going to be a lot of one-on-ones with him. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is a guy that I think people talk about a lot. But in the film study, he, you know, he's got four sacks. I think he leads the team in sacks. But he's not like this dominant, overbearing presence like a guy like Max Crosby or Nick Bosa or Miles Garrett is like – he disappears for long stretches of time, and he is successful against tackles who aren't very good. Like he had two two of his sacks come against the third string tackle for Seattle. He should have those sacks, right? He should win that matchup. Yeah. So yeah. also, we were saying that going into last year, though, and he ruined their day. Had the best game probably of his right, career. Yeah. So again, matchups make fights, obviously, right? And I think, like you said, that probably the best game of his career uh, in that in that was that week the the game. Oh, up they in were New York. they played him back to back. It was yeah. whatever 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 we, one that one was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so again, like a guy that fans get a lot of buzz about, but doesn't really, I don't think he deserves all the, like he, yes, he's, he's a good football player, but he's kind of, he's, he's above average. He's not great. And I think that's where like, I would draw the distinction. Bobby Okereke is absolutely balling his face off. He's a guy that was a little bit up and down in Indianapolis, high volume tackle guy. But again, one of those guys that never graded well because he's, you know, having coverage bus and all this kind of stuff. And for whatever reason, man, he is just. He's playing awesome. He's playing great football there. So, and then you mentioned the back end. There, you know, Dory Jackson's not playing great, but Banks is playing really well. Their safeties are good for what they do. Isaiah Simmons has made some appearances where you're like, wow, like that's a big that's fast, the first round pick guy. Yeah, yeah, big fast physical guy. So they do have some pieces, and I think the thing, the crux of their defense is they are a little bit like. Bobby Okereke. Am I saying that correctly? Is that right? Yes, Okereke. Thanks, Okereke. Mike Rico, for uh, yes. saying that properly on, on Sunday Night Football for yeah. me to know that that's how you say it. Yeah, so... Um, so if, if it's wrong, it's Tariko's fault. Yeah, there we go. And so he's a little bit feast or famine as a player, and the defense is a little bit feast or famine. Like, they are blitzing, and there's they're not always totally sound in the back end. They, they leverage the back end in a bad way. But 
that chaos creates opportunities. You know, they had three turnovers against Miami. Like, that's awesome. And I know they gave up almost 500 yards, but they gave three turnovers and a defensive touchdown. Like, that's kind of what you're dealing with is a group that can that is looking for those big plays. Against the Bills, they had a couple turnovers, right? They were able to do a ton of stuff like that. So I think in terms of sides of the ball to be worried about, the defense is very, very high, especially with Sam and what Sam does, you know, what Sam struggles with. Right, yeah, which is it's, managing yeah. pressure. Hey, it's Craig Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your debt, your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's it's a bad matchup for the Commanders if they let it. Um, it is a pressure-happy team that will turn you over, and those are the two. I mean, look, that's not unique that those are the, the Achilles heels of the Commanders. I think it's just more pronounced for Washington right. because – like when the, I, I've, I've been making this analogy, uh, I don't know if this is technically an analogy. I've, I've been saying this the past couple of days that like if you if you like cryogenically froze some football scout in 2018 and they had no idea on who Sam Howell was and you unfroze them and you gave them a cut up and you said, this is all of Sam Howell's plays and you left out the sacks, they'd be like, this dude's incredible. Yeah. Like he's so good. <laughs> then you're like, oh, um, actually, I, I forgot all the sacks. It's like, oh, okay, well, let me watch those real quick. It can't take that long. It's just six games. It's like there's 34 plays. <laughs> what? Like how? No. Um, so it, it's that significant of like a upside downside thing with them. Um, man, it's it, the, the thing is, though, when you look at if I was to put together a game plan, it's like, okay, well, how do you avoid uh, pass pressure? You don't pass. You run the football. Right. And the Giants are giving up a league second worst, 147 and a half yards per game. So uh, the Broncos are giving up 172 a game. Uh, the Giants are giving up 147. The Panthers are giving up 144. And Logan, what do all three of those teams have in common? They're not good at football. Also, they've played the Miami Dolphins. So that say. probably, well, they, that so they probably has Miami, something to do with it. They played the Miami Dolphins, who runs the ball a ton. They play the San Francisco 49ers, who run the ball a ton. I forget who else is on their schedule, but there's another team in there that you're like, Seattle likes to run the football a lot. They have a very, I think they're like fifth in the NFL in terms of run frequency. So a lot of those teams are going to run the ball a lot. And for whatever reason, I cannot articulate why. I think it's because they're a little bit all over the place. They do have a hard time fitting counter and like GT. So counter is obviously like when, you know, you pull the guard, he kicks out and you have a fullback that leads up on the linebacker. And I don't know if it's just because they're so aggressive. They have a really hard time fitting that. So when you look yeah, at their five, one a carry. So it's not just like the totals of they've, they've been down in games and chasing. Yeah. Like they're giving up five, one a carry. And I was going to say worst in the league. Also, yeah, they do. They have seen more runs than any other team, I think, in the NFL up to this point because of the game flow like you're talking about. They see, I think it's like almost 50%, which is very high. So, But what I was going to say is that they have a hard time with counters. And if you are a Washington fan, you should be like, oh, this is great because one of the team's best runs is counters and GT. So I would expect to see that quite a bit early and often from this team because from the commanders because, again, they have a hard time fitting it. So let's take advantage of it. Also, um, quarterback scrambles tend to kill this team because of the pressure that they bring um, if the quarterback gets out of the pocket or they can't contain it. So that's another reason why that number is inflated. But uh, yeah, for whatever reason, they have a hard time stopping the run. And again, we talked about how 
they've played a lot of teams that are very proficient at running the football, but I think it's, um, I definitely think it, this is, this was, a, this has been a trend since Wings got in there. It's not something uh, exclusive to this year. So that begs the question, like, you know, we, we spent time earlier this week on the previous pod and, you know, I've been talking about it all week. We've talked about this offline as well. Like the commanders are not a team that's built around the football. This is not who they are. This yeah. is not what they want to do. They didn't practice it uh, with the frequency that uh, a lot of other teams that are built around the football uh, would in the spring and in the summer. Like they they don't scheme it up in the same way that that a Shanahan or a McDaniel or a whoever a Ben Johnson in Detroit does. Right. Like they line up, they run their runs, and they hope for the best. And and really, they pass to set up the run. Game if you're if you're like you know, I don't say scheme agnostic, but like approach agnostic, you'd probably come into this game and be like, all right, what do the giants not do? Well, let's run the football, but it, the commanders are not approach agnostic. They're a pass to set up the run team. Sure. Do you go against your identity and try to be like, Hey, we're running the football this week. Or do you, do you try to do what you do and, and hope that you can get the game flow where you want it. And then you can run the football pretty well. Yeah, so to me, I think this is a it's a game, and you mentioned it, game flow, where I think it's all about managing risk and managing the defense's impact on your offense. And so, if I'm if I'm EB, if I'm Ron, I can take a more conservative approach here, and I can run the ball. You know, we talked again about their third down efficiency, how that's led to kind of that's aided or affected by you know for like a, a relatively poor efficiency on first and second down. I think in this game. That's okay, and I know I've said that before, but in this game, because the offense for the Giants is so sluggish at the moment, I think you just want to manage this game, you know, as best you can, and limit Wink's ability, you know, to kind of impact the game with turnovers and sacks and affecting field position in a negative way. So I would say, yeah, I would say you want to go against type a little bit, just because, you know, we talked about Chicago. And uh, Chicago is a totally different animal than this. And I think a lot of fans are going to classify them together because they think they're not good football teams. But Chicago had this ability to pass protect and create explosive plays, to consistently create explosive plays with DJ Moore. Their running game was very efficient. Uh, Justin Fields, say what you want about him, as an explosive runner, also as an explosive passer down the field. And for when you look at that dynamic, there was a little bit of concern that if they got in this rhythm, that you would have to kind of play catch up. When you watch the Giants offense, there's not that same pressure or not even that same precedent that exists. So if I'm EB, I'm saying, okay, I need the number one thing in this game is managing pressure, right? One of the best ways to do that is to run the football. And again, stay ahead of the sticks and all those kind of analytical things that we've talked about and analytics and analytics driven kind of approaches to football. But I'd say that becomes the priority for me. Is just saying, how do we take take Sam out of these situations that are very challenging for him? And one of the ways is run the football efficiently. So I'm going to probably spend a little bit more time and energy this week of making sure we feel really, really good about that element of our game. And yes, you're going to have to throw the football, but I want to see a slightly higher frequency of running the football so that I can. I Sam isn't always dealing with you know, I'm in the, I'm in the gun. It's empty. Um, we got a little bit of motion by the back. Are they in man? Looks like they're in man. Let's go on dummy cadence. Are they pressuring? Let's get the pressure retarget. Like that's just a lot for him to deal with. And he's going to have to do that. No doubt. But instead yeah, of having, some of it, but instead of him having to do it 35 to 40 times a game, like if we can get that number down in like the twenties, I would feel a lot better about it just from a, a risk management management perspective. And again, I don't think just, again, I don't think the giants, 
in their, they're an NFL team and they have explosive playmakers, but I don't think they can be, they can affect this game as much with their offense as they can with their defense. So it's, I feel like as the coordinator, it's your job to manage that risk assessment and make sure you can stay in the game. No, I totally agree with that. And like, there's some stuff that, you know, I think situationally too, you might even take some uh, pages out of the bears playbook. Like if it's third and seven draws on the table, Yeah, do like it. you can't be afraid to punt. You should be afraid of sack fumbles. You should be afraid of interceptions. Right. Like you should be afraid of that stuff. And so again, that's not like take no risks or don't oh, take yeah. average. Right. Like at third and seven, oh well, screw it. Uh, let's just let's just run a, a duo. And you know, <laughs> if we get seven yards, great. If not, we'll just punt it. That's not what I'm saying. But like you know, if they're loading up a blitz every once in a while, keep them honest. Like yeah, you know, that goes exactly what the Bears did. Uh, well, I mean, and I guess they did it against some lighter boxes. Um, that Washington presented, but like, don't be afraid to run the ball on a, on a weird third down, down in distance. When you think Wink's going to bring the house, like let them all run by you, and then San Antonio Gibson up on a draw play, or, right. you know, obviously the screen game is something that teams seem to be on for them, but can you place one on first and second down perhaps that that's not quite as obvious and get some big plays that way where the ball is kind of predetermined to come out of Sam's hand. Uh, in a way that takes advantage of the Giants' aggression. So, like, there are things EB can obviously do and probably will do to try to combat that. But then also, if you can just stay out of the bad down and distances in the first place, then Wink doesn't have quite the chance to scheme up all these crazy exotic blitzes where there's exposure on the back end that you hope is not an issue because your pressure gets home. Um, if you block it up, then, like, yeah, there's there's opportunities there um, and, I, and I think another thing too is like, can you use some of the quick game stuff, obviously, to achieve those goals, but also to get some of these guys involved? You know, we've talked about uh, Jahan, and it seems like that that narrative almost took off too much this week, yeah. um, where everybody was doing the deep dive into Jahan, and all of a sudden that you look at the numbers, and it's like, oh, his target percentage is basically the exact same as last year. Right. His catches are right on target for last year. Obviously, you want to see growth. That's what. Yeah. That's that's why people are like, what's going on with Jahan? But can you get him an early, easy touch or two? Um, can you continue to do what you've been doing recently with Terry? Obviously, Curtis is going to get his touches within the game plan. Like, Can you get these guys involved quickly, early, in a way that limits uh, exposure of Sam and also get your playmakers involved and keeps you out of bad, bad down and distance? Like That's that's the that's easy the, analysis, yeah. but it's like, how do you actually do that? Is Obviously, that's why EB's got his job, and I talk into this microphone and not a headset. Yeah, and I think that's good high level analysis because like that's the crux of the whole thing. It's like, and then obviously the how is really important. And you could talk about you mentioned some of the things: screens, draws, quick game. Again, efficiency on first and second down. You're not running the ball every first down. We're not saying to do that, but finding a balanced game flow so that you're in a third and three, and you're not going to get this exotic craziness in the back end. And if and if you are in the back, if you are getting this exotic craziness, like make sure Sam understands where the answers are like what you're looking for versus certain pressures, like all that stuff is layered in here. And it's not, you know, that like they, there's a reason that they start prepping for these games on Monday. It's because they have to kind of cover and check all these boxes as they go through it. But um, yeah, I think that's hundred percent right. It's, it's because of the structure of the giants, it just becomes more important offensively just to manage some of the risk that you would incur otherwise. And I think EB, like when he calls games seems to be okay with a higher level of risk than, a lot of play callers because of, uh, and it's not his fault necessarily. It's just because of how Sam plays the game right now, but he seems to be okay with that. And I'm okay with that too, because I think you're getting the best, you're getting a good quarterback play. The offense is uh, being effective, but in this game, I would just say, Hey, 
let's pull that back a little bit, right? And make sure that we're not going to let the Giants defense win the game. You mentioned sack force fumbles. You mentioned interceptions. Like all mm-hmm. the, that's, that's what you're contending with. And so I want to manage that, limit those opportunities as much as I can. Cause I, we're going to talk about the Giants offense here in a second. I don't think they're good enough to beat you right now. Yeah, no, I agree with that.